117th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Enter. How you doing, Roger? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So, Roger, there have been some changes in leadership uh, at Verizon since we last spoke, and I thought we could talk a little bit about that. First of all, can you start by telling us what happened? So, last week, from the publishing of this podcast, Hans Westberg, the CEO of Verizon, took over direct leadership of the Verizon Consumer Group. And Manon Brouillet, who has been CEO of the group, has has stepped down, to say it nicely, right? And this is the second leadership change at the at the consumer group in as many years. And it continues to struggle, right? Right. So I mean I believe she started in January of this year, so she's about eleven months yeah. deep into the into the role. Yeah, and so previously, Verizon had only a bad first quarter. Under Manon this year, it had the consumer group had three bad quarters in a row. And what's interesting, Hans spoke at the at the UBS conference, which was at the same day of uh, Manon's dismissal. That you know, Black Friday was a little bit light, but there was higher conversion. You know, we did research on it, and it was very light compared to what we had seen in comparison to the other carriers. And so, I would have what I would say was like poor Black Friday thing was like the precipitating event. Yes, it, it's what broke the camel's back. Right. And so with. Two CEOs in the consumer crew prior who were struggling, Hans needed to step in because if he would have appointed a third one and it didn't improve, you have to say it. You know, when when the biggest group and the company doesn't perform well, at one point in time, the overall CEO becomes responsible and and gets into the fire line. So now he. You know, he's the guy in charge, and he will be measured against that. What's a little bit difficult for for Hans is that the same day that happened, the the CEO of Vodafone, which similarly struggled in Europe, got fired without a replacement, right? And the the CFO is the acting CEO, and they are now looking for for somebody, which will not make it easier for Verizon to find find somebody else of suitable character and capability who can step up when Hans has stabilized the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I thought it was interesting when when they asked him at the UBS conference in terms of you know does this indicate a change in strategy. He said no, but you know, obviously there's got to be some sort of change. He alluded to kind of plans that they had rolled out in Q3 in terms of Welcome Unlimited and the, the Apple One plan, which were all kind of net new plans this year. But you have to believe that new leadership, new strategy, you know, to some extent, right? Otherwise, why would you make this change? 
Exactly. New leaders are appointed to do something different than the old leaders. Otherwise, why do you change, right? And so I don't think anybody can be happy with the performance of of Verizon's consumer group. And so changes have to be made because if you don't change, you have the same trajectory and that has been negative for three quarters in a row. Unprecedented in 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 Verizon's history. And we should say we should stipulate that those are operational metrics. So we're talking about you know, yes. postpaid phone nets, right? From a financial perspective, Verizon's still quite healthy and it's still still growing ARPA, et cetera, right? So it's not it's not the end of the world, but clearly you you want to be growing subscribers and accounts, and that's not something they've done for the last three quarters. Correct, because AT&T and T-Mobile have been feeding on Verizon customers. Yes, it's a, it's a whale of a company, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a float. It's financially very successful. But the other two guys are, are biting into, into this. And, and so you want to see, when you still have, have near record subscriber, industry-wide subscriber growth, there's no reason that Verizon shouldn't be gaining as well, right? And so it makes it tough. Well, and I know you've you've kind of some some other analysts have said, you know, well, it's it's harder for Verizon because they have such a huge base. They they have That's to get bullshit. such a great share of gross ads. Yes, I'm setting you up here. So so give us your perspective on that in terms of why is it or is it not harder for Verizon in this circumstance? Because Verizon, up until a year ago or two years ago, they were still the largest and they grew. It's about it's about who runs it, right? Agility comes from an operational practice, and you know people who listen here know that I love and admire Denny Striegel, who has been as the leader of the largest carrier, Verizon Wireless, has has run circles around the competition as the largest carrier and grew faster than anybody else. When he stepped down, the baton fell to the ground and, and John Ledger picked it up and did fantastic work as the, the runt of the litter. He could make changes, and he knew nobody would doubt him because his back was against the wall when he took over, right? Absolutely, and he was also helped by very favorable merger terms with Sprint. That too. Well, that's Mike Siebert who's being helped by that. John, John, John Ledger, I think, did a really smart thing. He closed the merger and handed over that baton to, to Mike Siebert, right? But we should we should highlight the merger that didn't happen had favorable terms for T-Mobile as well, right? The AT&T kill fee was, what, a couple billion dollars, right? Three billion dollars, ungodly amount of spectrum, and a very favorable roaming agreement. And that really, really helped. But at the same time, a, a lesser executive would have still messed it up, right? Mm-hmm. It's nice when you have things to play with, but you still 
Well, I think it's I think it's clear to anybody who follows the industry that that Ledger was an amazing leader and and yes, he had he had the tools to do what he did, but he executed extremely well, extremely yeah, well. And then he did this as the leader, and it's much harder to do this as, as the leader because if it doesn't work out, people will come out and say like, "You shouldn't have done anything," and he would have won, right? Whereas if it would have happened with with John Ledger, he could have said. Oh shucks! You know, this thing was so messed up. Not even I could fix it, right? Well, and he he had already been down that road in terms of you know with the whole global crossing bankruptcy and everything else. He he knew where this leads, right? And he took it anyway and he turned it around, which I think is yes, no, no, admirable. All of them great leaders. We need we need that kind of leadership at Verizon because when you look at it, last quarter. You know, they, they con- Verizon continues to bet on on content, and we internally had a very interesting conversation around why they did this. Right when we talked about demographics, and maybe you want to. Yeah, so I mean, I think you know, Verizon is always skewed a little bit older and, and whiter than some of the other national carriers. T-Mobile is kind of the inverse of that, and that they skew younger and more more ethnic. But you know you don't you don't want to be stuck with an older customer base that may not be with you for the next twenty years, right? And so I think when they decided to kind of change tax from really prioritizing network on their messaging, and historically, you know, Verizon very much kind of positioned themselves, and we still see in our data quite a bit that they they still are in a lot to a lot of people the network leader. They kind of tacked away from that under Ronin and, and some other folks towards more of a kind of content bundle type approach. And I think what's interesting is when we look at data around how you know folks that are a younger demographic interact with streaming and content versus older, you see that older folks typically just kind of want a straightforward contract for one thing and, and you know that's that's what they want. Whereas younger folks are much more engaged with streaming and, and they they are attracted to that. And so to the extent that Verizon was trying to kind of hedge against some of the demographics that they saw kind of represented in their base, I think streaming and, and content made some sense. I mean, I think that the, the kind of counterpoint to that that you've brought up often is that none of these were exclusive deals. And so it, it's, it may be appealing, but if I can go out and get you know Netflix from somebody else or Disney Plus, I, it's the case maybe from somebody else, for an extra three or four bucks a month. Even if I'm getting a deal from Verizon, it's not a super compelling offer. Yeah. And look at third quarter. It's the indictment of the content bundle strategy and the condemnation of it. Because AT&T went to market naked, 700,000 net ads. T-Mobile went to market with... Netflix and Paramount Plus. And Apple TV. And Apple TV and got like 800,000, 850, right? So, but by bundling this in, they got 150,000 more than AT&T. Was all the spend really worth that 150? I don't know. Well, I think that the point that Verizon would make here is that, and I believe Frank Bulbin has said this on, on, publicly is that the the churn for folks that are on content bundles at Verizon is is lower by an appreciable amount. Yeah, but that, then let's look at if that is true, right? If that is still true, since he said it, churn inched up. Verizon has now the highest churn among the largest carrier. That's 
shocking in itself, right? And they lost customers, 170-something, 180-something. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think to some extent, and, and you know, we haven't talked about pricing here, and I think that's really the, uh, the elephant in the room. You know, we maintain a, a pricing tracker internally just so that we can look things up in terms of who's offering what. And the benchmark is Verizon because in, in almost every circumstance, they have the highest price plans. And so, you know, if you're getting a quote unquote deal for Netflix, you're getting, you know, for, or not Netflix, I should say Disney Plus, you're getting it discounted by, if you do the back of the envelope math, four or $5 a month, but you're also, your base rate plan is $10 more. Are you really saving yourself any money? Right. So, I mean, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, consumers are still relatively rational and all other things being equal, you know, particularly given that network parity is more and more of a thing. Than it used to be. It used to be that Verizon was the undisputed network leader. I'm not sure that's always the case anymore. Is it worth the extra ten or fifteen dollars? And I don't know if it is. So T-Mobile made the really smart and clever thing of redefining network best network as speed, because it's extra, extremely hard to argue against faster isn't better, right? And and I think that hurt. Verizon and Verizon didn't counter that really. That best network is more than that, and they should have. And Verizon gets the most hurt by that. It's really interesting that AT and T was able to differentiate itself around more than just network, right? And it's actually the network positioning of T Mobile and Verizon that, that's a battle here. And AT&T by, by focusing on, on reliable, secu- fast, reliable, secure is, is coming through really well. Well, I mean, the other piece here, right, is that we haven't, we haven't seen the applications that need the blazing fast speed yet, right, that, that you, you get with like mid-band 5G that T-Mobile has deployed right now that AT&T and Verizon are both in the process of deploying nationwide, right? So if there's a killer app that comes out tomorrow, maybe maybe there's more of a differentiation to be made. But the reality is that for streaming and, and web browsing and, and pulling down pictures and watching videos and things of that nature, a 4G connection is enough for most people, right? And and yeah, so it's, it's the, as I always say, you know, the 5G killer app today is speed test. And so you can be happy and show off, oh, I'm so fast. I'm like, does it matter? Right. Although I would say that that home internet and fixed wireless is is approaching the closest thing we have to a new new use case for five G. Yeah, right. Different story. Right. Yeah. Different story for a different day. Anyway, I'm looking forward to changes at Verizon, and I'm excited to see what they're going to to pull out of their hat and how they're taking the fight back against T-Mobile and AT&T and, and everybody else. Yep. I, I hope they make some moves, right? Competition is good. They need to. They need right? To. Competition is good. So. Yep. Awesome. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Looking forward to it. <laughs>